The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hello and welcome to Hoopball NBA DFS today for Sunday, December 1st. I am Andrew Hansen and I'm happy to be joined today by Miles Hartley. And Miles, we are recording on Saturday night for the Sunday slate. It's our first show since Thanksgiving, so glad to be back here. And I start off by asking about your Thanksgiving, but I know you're in Canada, so you didn't celebrate it this week, did you? No, yeah, we celebrated that last month on October 14th. That's when our uh, Thanksgiving always lands in uh, October. So a little bit different than you guys there, because are you guys always in November? Yep, always in November. So <laughs> it's that, uh, I think it was I think it's the fourth Thursday. And uh, But we I guess we do, sh- as you were telling me here before we got started, we do share the the Friday schedule after Thanksgiving, Black Friday. You have that up in Canada. Yes, we do. But yeah, like I was saying, I think it's only really become a thing over the last five years. And then the other thing you're telling me, which is interesting, something I haven't heard about, is the Christmas light up. So tell us tell us about that. We need to educate everybody here on some Canadian culture. Oh, you guys don't do that where, you know, like there's some big tree in the city and they just light it all up? I've just never heard it called that. Oh, what, what do you guys call that? <laughs> I don't know if there's a word for it, but... You're talking about a, a, a big tree that's in the city, yeah. And everybody goes and it goes. and you light it up for the first time for the for the winter. Yeah, this is called the Christmas light up, and that's I mean, there's a few throughout every city. There's usually you know one or two of them. Okay. It's either they you know happening on the downtown main street. They'll you know decorate all the trees along the street and the light poles, and then they plug it all in and it lights up the entire street. But yeah, that's just something that we always do up here. Well, here's what I think we should do. I think we should have our our DFS light up where we light up the scoreboards with the players that we pick for this Sunday slate. What do you think about that? Yeah, that sounds good. I'd like to see those flames on the DraftKings there. <laughs> All lit up. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, before we get started, let's go over some um, some Twitter identification. Uh, follow all the news at Hoopball Fantasy. You can find me at Language Olympic. You can find Miles at M-Y-L-E-S 6565. So please give us a follow. Reach out with any questions or comments about the show. You, of course, can also find the coach at J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I and Mr. Apatria at M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. That is the crew, and we are supported by the one and only Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee, Check them out on Twitter at H.I. Kona Coffee. Check out their website at HawaiianIsles.com. And place your order on Amazon. That's what I've been doing. So we thank them for being our title sponsor. And they are behind us on this nine-game Sunday slate, which on DraftKings is broken down into a four-game slate, another four-game slate, and then a showdown slate at 10:30. So that's what we're going to do here. Miles, we're going to break it up and start with the first four games at 3, 3:30, 3:30 and 4. 
And the first tip-off is going to be Miami at Brooklyn, 3 o'clock Eastern. Why don't you tell us what you think about the Miami side? Yeah, on the Miami side, I'm looking at uh, Bam Adebayo at 7,300. You know, it's uh, center going against the net, so it's always a good choice. Um, and Bam's been playing really well this year. And I like him a lot more, I think, than uh, I do uh, Jimmy Butler and uh, Dinwiddie at around the same price. And the whole reason I say that is that I, I think that uh, Dinwiddie could get into some trouble with uh, if Jimmy Butler's guarding him. What about you? What do you got on the Brooklyn side there? Yeah, well, for me, it is all about Dinwiddie. And sevens are wild for him. He's 7.7, and he's had seven straight fantasy games of between 36 and 65 fantasy points. So he's really been taking advantage of Kyrie Irving's absence, and Kyrie will be out again on this slate. So, But coming back soon, so maybe one more shot here for, for Dinwiddie to put up big numbers. He's been very, very reliable. You're right. Uh, if Butler spends a lot of time on him, I, I am a little bit more concerned. But – it shouldn't be too hard to fit him into the lineup here because we've got some news coming in the third game. So I, I'll probably have him in the majority of my lineups. As for the rest of Brooklyn, I, I don't have that much interest, really. You could look at DeAndre Jordan, 4.7. He got closer to a timeshare last time out with 23 minutes. And so you're going to save 1500 on him compared to Jared Allen. How about you? Do you like anybody for Brooklyn besides Dinwiddie, potentially? I was thinking of looking at Garrett Temple because he's produced over the last couple of games here. But, um, I mean, at 4,900, he is an all right uh, play just because, like, if he does hit uh, that 35, 33 uh, DK point mark again, he definitely is hitting value. But, like you said, there is definitely some more value opening up later in these couple of games that we're going to go over that I think I like more than that. Yeah, and we've also got higher totals coming up. Games three and four, the Timberwolves game and the Lakers game are the ones that I would I'm going to look to stack. And this one's got lower total of 216. And you know, just in general with Miami, they already had 10 guys last game who played between 16 and 28 minutes. And now you've got uh, Derek Jones Jr. probable, so you add him to the mix, and it's just a little bit of a mess. For me, because you know Winslow's back in the mix, so I'm just I'm I'm not going to try and and pick you know at a nun or Dragic, uh, you know who's going to have the big production here just because of the the higher totals later on the slate. So so let's jump to game two. This is an, another low total. This is Boston at New York. These teams have already played twice this season. Boston won both of those games, 118 to 95, and then a closer one in Boston, 104-102. This one has a 7.5 spread, point spread, Boston being the favorite. And why don't you tell us about the home squad, the Knicks? Who do you like over there? So, yeah, the reason I'm liking this game is, yeah, it's maybe not the highest total of the slate, but uh, there are some Knicks that put up some good numbers against the Celtics last time they were out. And those uh, Knicks are priced actually at a pretty decent price here. You know, they're mid-tier price, and... Uh, yeah, they performed very well. So the first guy I'm going to talk about is Marcus Morris. Um, you know, I think he's priced at, you know, a little too cheap at 5,900 since he's been averaging 32 fantasy points a game. 
Um, and, you know, there's the revenge narrative there. This is his old team. And last time out, he managed uh, 29 points, 9 rebounds, 3 steals against them, which got him uh, 50 uh, DK points. So he's one of the guys I'm looking at. Another guy I've been kind of on and off of this season is uh, RJ Barrett. <clears throat> um, he's also priced at that uh, mid-tier price at 5,800. He's been good for you know pretty much 30 minutes every game and he can put up a little bit of everything um so he's another guy i might go to there for uh if i'm just looking for something in that mid-tier pricing another guy i'm looking at for value here is uh mitchell robinson um his minutes have been up over the past uh two games even though his production hasn't trended up with those um but we know that he has the potential to pop off and uh <clears throat> His second best game this season actually came against the Celtics earlier in the season for uh, and he netted him 30 uh, fantasy points there. So those are kind of the three that I'm really looking at at this for this game. Um, one other guy I always look at is Julius Randle. He's more of a cash game guy, you know. He's just kind of got that safe four. Um, but actually, of these uh, four Knicks, he's the one who did the worst against the Celtics last time out. But he's one guy I kind of always consider. But in this game, I'm probably going to go to those three I talked about first. Okay. Yeah, I think all those guys are have a pretty fair price tag. A um, little bit of caution with Marcus Morris. Is, last I saw, he's questionable with some sort of a neck restriction. Oh, so that, that could slow him down a little yep. bit. Um, the other thing that's interesting is that Knox had a DNP coach's decision last time out. So really he interesting sure with, with everything that's going on in New York. It's... Uh, it's a little bit of a mess over there. Oh, it's I'm been not, a mess all year. <laughs> yeah, nothing new, right? Uh, it just comes in different forms, seemingly every every game out. Yeah. But um, I I kind of like I always like Randall's upside. Six point eight, of course, he's the highest price guy of the ones you mentioned. Yep. Um, I I have the most interest in somebody you didn't mention, which is Neil Akina okay. at four at four point five. Um, we got some big news in the next game with a big value spot at guard at point guard. So probably mm-hmm. don't need to go to Neil Akina and I, I wasn't planning to go there much, but I'm not going. Yeah. I never yeah. go there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, he's, his price tag is most appealing to me of the Knicks, but I, I probably won't play any Knicks. I have, I have more interest on the Celtics side and looking at those two previous matchups between these teams Kemba Walker has really owned the Knicks this year, 32 and four first time out, and then 33 and five the second time out. So he's he's at 8.1, you know, a little bit higher price than Dinwiddie, but um, certainly worth considering. And and the second game he played against the Knicks this year, Neil Aquino was starting. Uh, the first one was against Peyton as his primary defender and the second was Neil Kina. So he's, he's done well in that matchup before the other guy who I think could be low owned is Tice. He's 4.5 K. He only played six minutes last game because he, he had some sort of knee contusion and he was cleared to return to the game, but he did not come back. So I, I think he'll be very low owned and he, we've seen him, you know, really pay off, a price tag like that. He did that in, in, uh, in the game against the Clippers. So, uh, he's somebody I might look to as well. Yeah. Like that call. I, uh, I had Daniel Tice noted down here as well. And yeah, as long as he's, you know, 
does it doesn't have much of a minute restriction coming in on him. I, I like his price at forty five hundred a lot. And then I did have one other guy. I don't know, were you? Did you look at Jalen Brown at all on that side? What is he? Six point five. Yep. Yeah, I I wasn't playing. I'm not. I wasn't focused on him. I I did I did notice his price tag though. Do you like that one? Yeah, I do like that just because you know it's thirteen hundred less than Tatum, and I mean you know he's a guy that's eclipsed uh, forty fantasy points this uh, season six times, and you know he can pop up up there. I mean obviously his four isn't as good as Tatum's, but at thirteen hundred dollars less, I like that. Yeah, just. Yeah, uh, you know, it's true. He he definitely has the upside. His price has drifted down a little bit from where it was early in the season. He was much more in that mid 7K price range. So definitely a buy low opportunity there. Um, All right, well, let's jump to game three here on this first four game slate because it's the highest total. It's Memphis at Minnesota. The total is 230. Right now, Minnesota is favored by nine and a half. These teams played earlier in November, and Memphis won 137 to 121. So 258 points were scored in that contest. This one's going to be a little bit different because John Morant has been ruled out. We just got that news here on Saturday night. So that obviously opens up uh, a big value opportunity at point guard. Definitely. And, yeah, these are the two uh, fastest-paced teams on this slate, uh, Memphis is ranked six and Minnesota is ranked four. So, and like you just said, those numbers were massive last time. So definitely going to be uh, lots of points going up on the boards. Yeah. So, um, in addition to jaw being out, I'll just go through the rest of the news and then you can tell on the Grizzlies, Kyle Anderson has been ruled out and Brandon Clark is now questionable. So some uncertainty in the front court, who do you like for the Grizzlies? So on the Grizzlies side, um, yeah, like you had mentioned there, with all the stuff opening up, uh, Tyus Jones at 3,100. Uh, you know, anytime uh, John Morant's ruled out, he's always in play. He can rack up the dimes. Um, and then the other guy I was looking at is Solomon Hill. If Clark is also ruled out along with Anderson, I like him at 3,000. I think he can definitely get you value at that price. The other guy that I'm looking at as a actual starter on the – well, I guess those other guys will be starters too. But the other guy that's always a starter is uh, Jonas Valanciunas. Um, the last two games, he's been getting that uh, past that 30-point mark that we've been all waiting for this entire season. And he's been producing great numbers with those. And, I mean, he put up big numbers against teams that are highly rated defensively. So um, I think it was was LAC1 and Utah. That's right. Yeah, so, I mean... It doesn't mean that he can't go out there and, I mean, it is against Carlton Towns, but I can't see him, you know, I can see him going out there and putting up big numbers again. So I'm willing to, you know, dabble with him at 6,900. Yeah, me too. He's in the zone here all of a sudden, you know, as you mentioned, over 30 minutes and last two times 60 points and, and 53 fantasy points in those two. So he's going to be in my lineup for sure. And for me, Tyus Jones is, is a lock and load at 3.1. The last time he got over 24 minutes, he scored 30 DraftKings points. So you're looking at a potential 10x return. So got to have him in the lineup. And there's two game, there's two guys in the next game named Luca and LeBron, who yep. will be a little bit easier to fit since we can go with Tyus Jones here. But uh, continuing on with Memphis, um, I'm with you on those two guys. I like Solomon Hill as, as a value play. 
Clark, you know, is questionable, so uh, we do need to wait on that. On and the, the other guy you could look at if with Anderson out and Clark at Clark out is Triple J. He's 5.6, and in the last four games he has attempted seven three pointers in each of those games. Let me just double check that. Yep. So he had a poor shooting night last time, but. You know, the three games before that, he, he shot a lot better from distance and he had over 30 fantasy points. So his, you know, his minutes would be rock solid if if Clark is out. So I like him as well. And if you need another value play, you know, you probably don't. But Grayson Allen at 3.0, he's getting enough minutes and enough shots where if he just makes some of his three pointers, he could have a 20 point, you know, 20 fantasy point night. We probably don't need him now with with Solomon Hill and with Tyus Jones. He was just somebody I was looking at before we got that that late news. Yeah. So probably I had probably don't. Him. Go and, yeah. I picked him a bit too, but yeah, with those two other guys, I wasn't interested in it at all. Right. Okay. Now over on the Minnesota side, I'm I'm starting my uh, my focus with with Cat and Wiggins, of course. Prices are up a little bit. But I, I noticed that if you take both of them in the last three or four games, they combine for a, about a hundred about a hundred fancy points a, a game. So, you know, as I mentioned, this is the game I want to stack, and you can do that really easily with Cat Wiggins, Tyus Jones, Valanciunas, and still have a decent amount of money to spend on your other four positions. So. That's my focus for the Timberwolves. As for the rest of the roster, we've got news that Lehman is out. Napier is questionable. He's missed, I think, 11 games, but he's only 3.3. So we got to keep an eye on that because he's going to cut into Teague's time. And, and interesting that Teague's been coming off the bench here at 5.6K. He's not as attractive coming off the bench, but he did play 31 minutes last time out. So I, I wouldn't cross him out of the player pool. Yeah, him coming off the bench hasn't affected his minute hole at all. He's been pretty much hovering around the same uh, mark there. So how about you? Are you interested in, in stacking Cat and Wiggins here on this slate? Um, I was looking at that, but the pause is that, yeah, like you said, in the next game there, if Dallas and Los Angeles, there's the three big guys there that I'm uh, – I was looking at Towns, and I was like, hey, do I want Towns more than I want those other guys? And I wasn't – Sure, but I mean, yeah, like like you said, the the points total on this game, maybe I might go to Towns a bit more, but I think I'm definitely I'm looking at Luca always. So uh, it just depends if uh, you know I can fit those guys into my lineup or not with Luca. Okay. Um, anybody else from the periphery with the Timberwolves that you like? Yeah, I was taking a little look there, but the problem is like a lot of the guys that I thought, okay, well, if these two guys are out, then. Uh, this what's his name here uh kita bates diop yep he's been playing pretty well but the thing is you know that probably hinges a bit on if josh okogi and um trayvon graham are ruled out or not and it they both have questionable tags but they're uh it's along with them being probable so that'd be something i'd be monitoring and i mean if those two are ruled out then i'd be looking at uh kita bates diop then right on excellent all right, well, let's go to the big matchup in L.A. because it's an exciting one. It's the fourth game on the, the first slate here. It's at 4 o'clock Eastern. Dallas 
will be in Staples against the Lakers. Lakers currently favored by six, over under of 222. So as I mentioned, this is the second game I'm looking to stack. And we've got just the incredible matchup of Luka and LeBron. Last time these guys faced off, it went to overtime. The Lakers won that game 119 to 110. And Luka and LeBron were, were fantastic. So start us off with the Mavericks. Is there any way you're going to fade Luka here? No, I'm not fading Luka at all here. I mean, <laughs> every time it's just, you know, like I said, the, the kid's almost averaging a triple-double this season. Um, the only game so far that he's had struggle against when he was going against Kai, uh, uh, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. And, I mean, uh, the Lakers' defense is a far cry from the Clippers' defense. So I'm, I, I'm probably going to be, once again, putting Luka into a ton of my lineups. Um, the one other guy I'm looking at on the Dallas side of the ball is a guy who just kind of got into the starting role. There is Tim Hardaway Jr. Um, you know, he's only priced at 4,900. And since he's been in the new starting role, he's been doing pretty good. I mean, obviously, he also struggled against the Clippers as well. Um, but like I said, you know, I don't think he's going to have as much difficulty against the uh, Lakers as he did against the Clippers. Yeah, I like both of those guys. Those are my top two targets here. They really go well together in terms of the price because THJ is so much cheaper, but also the fit on the court. I mean, when Luka drives, if he doesn't score the basket, he loves to kick it out to THJ on the wing, and and he's been converting uh, on his shots recently. So those two guys are are an excellent pairing. Curry... I'm just gonna say too, I was honestly surprised that this is the they didn't start this way, like that they started with Seth Curry over Tim Hardaway Jr. I I just yeah I didn't really quite understand it. Like I know that like everybody's like oh you know Seth Seth Curry has potential yada yada, but I was just like you know like we know what Tim Hardaway Jr. can do, and he is a good three point shooter, so why not have him out there on the starting line? Yeah, and he's got he's got a little bit more size, um, but Curry, I mean he's he is an excellent shooter himself, so yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's a good problem to have for the Mavericks to have those two guys because it's it, it's an excellent combination to have those guys out of, out around the perimeter with Luca in the paint wreaking havoc there and able to kick out to them those knockdown shooters. So um, I, I have some interest in Curry at three at three point two. Um, his minutes are starting to go back up here and. Um, you know, he's not doing quite as much other than scoring. And again, he's not, he's not in the same really realm as Tyus Jones here on this slate. So I had, I had more interest in him before the news came out there. And one other, one other flyer that I was looking at, um, is Boban, my man, Boban 3.0. He's only played in about half the games this year, but in their matchup, Earlier in the season, he did play 11 minutes, had four, seven, and one. So I think he he probably, you know, I think Carlisle put him in that day to face off against Howard. So, yeah. you know, anytime Boban might play 12 to 16 minutes and he's min price, I like to get him in there because he's just an incredible point per minute producer. So oh, yeah. he's um, I, I can't, I probably am going to have to put at least one, get one share of Boban here on this slate. Yeah. I mean, you gotta love the friendly giant when he gets his minutes. <laughs> yes. That's all he needs. Just give him some time. Just give him a few minutes. Um, all right. So over on the Lakers side, 
LeBron's at 10.6. AD is 10.4. In this matchup last time, LeBron had 39, 12, 16, 4, and 1. Just an incredible game. And I'm willing to go back to him here. He was excellent on Friday night against the Wizards, but both he and, and Anthony Davis left the game before the end of the third quarter and never came back. So if you just glance at the fantasy totals and you weren't watching or you you, know, you don't check the, um, the play-by-play, just keep that in mind. They, they didn't play, I think, the last 15 minutes of the game. So they I were on pace that. to smash – 60 oh. or 70 fantasy points. Yeah. As they, you, you wouldn't even be unimpressed if you looked at those, though, because Anthony Davis still finished with 53 fantasy points. So, I mean, you'd still look at that and think, oh, yeah, he had a good game last game. Right. Without even knowing that he missed the last quarter. <laughs> yeah. So that's why, you know, and Coach mentions it, and, and I, I'm, I'm big on it as well. It just helps so much to watch the games as much as you can. So um, that's one of those things that, that popped out at me. By the way, I should mention that um Porzingis I, I say I didn't even watch that game I just followed it on like the box score on DraftKings and I I just was seeing it I'm like oh yeah okay they're this far ahead and I was looking and I was like you know what they're probably not going to put him back in for the rest of the game and yeah they I watched him never went back in and you know you know it's it's a good it's a good uh topic to mention specifically in this matchup because Dallas does it differently Luca was in the game till the very end against Phoenix and um, so that that's important. You get those extra minutes. You know that could be the tiebreaker between Luca and LeBron. Um, not that we would expect a blowout here by the Lakers, but just going forward, you know, I I noticed that. Um, and in fact, I can I can talk on I can talk about the Lakers bench here. The another thing that really stood out to me in the Friday night game is that Caruso came into the game late in the first quarter, got two quick fouls. And and they pulled him out of the game. He didn't play the rest of the first half as if he was like this star that we there's no way we can let him get his third foul. But then in the second half, when the game was was pretty much out of reach, he came into the game with three minutes left in the third quarter and he played the rest of the game. So he he played 15 minutes in the second half and, of course, was was never in foul trouble. But that's the thing is you 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 watch that fourth quarter unfold and you see LeBron and AD sitting on the bench and they never come back. I don't think that's going to happen with Dallas this year. I, I think Luca's is going to come back in and, you know, and get, get bigger minutes. So I, I think that, I think that's a tiebreaker between guys like this. Um, you know, but as we mentioned earlier, you can stack this game and use Tyus Jones and, and get them both in there, um, especially with THJ. And then in terms of any other uh, value place here, Caldwell Pope is only 4.2. I like him to pair with LeBron. Uh, you know, they've got some good chemistry. And then Rondo, he's 5.0. And he's another guy that you, you need to look at here with, um, you know, a grain of salt if you if you look at his fantasy total from Friday night because he didn't play in the second half. Yeah, I was going to say I'm glad you hit on Rondo because I was just going to mention I think he got – that he was on fire in their qu- first quarter. And then I don't know if he saw much playing time after the first quarter even. Um, yeah, I think he played into the second quarter some, but I am almost sure he didn't play in the second half at all. He didn't touch the second half because I looked at yeah. his uh, fantasy point total there. And I think it was at what it was, and then it didn't, yeah, it didn't change at all in the second half. Yeah, so Rondo at 5.0, 
um, I, I like him here because if this game stays close, he's going to play significant minutes in both halves. Both halves, and he looked really good in the first half when he was out there. So, yeah. um, I like Pope and Rondo here. How about you? Yeah, I like Rondo a lot. I like that call. I, I'm, I'm, yeah, like you said, whenever he gets some minutes, he can put up big numbers. Um, the, as I mentioned too, when he said uh, with Luca not getting sat ever, and yeah, the only time he got sat this year was when he when they blew out the Golden State Warriors, but that was by like a ridiculous amount. And he still had a triple double in those 26 minutes in those three quarters he played. That's right. That, that was when he had what 22, five and five in the first quarter. Yeah. So he, he didn't even he didn't need the fourth quarter to smash value that night. Yeah. All right. Well, that'll be a good way to finish off the first slate. I was just gonna say too. Um, were you were you on with playing Anthony Davis in this game as well? Or are you fading Anthony Davis? Um, you know, I didn't I didn't build a lineup with Luca, LeBron, and Anthony Davis. Um, you know, it, it's possible. So in, in other words, I'm gonna pick LeBron over Davis over here. Davis? Um, it, you know, it might be possible with uh, some of the value guys we've mentioned, but um, yeah, I guess I guess I'm just not quite as interested in in Anthony Davis here in this matchup as as LeBron. Are you more I'm interested in him? Interested in Davis this time, just because I know, um, you know, I'm imagining. I'm not sure if last time they played, if he was still dealing with that shoulder issue or not, but. Um, you know, over the last few games here, he keeps on having the questionable tag, but he's been ramping it up over the last four games. And I think, you know, like there's no one in the, you know, uh, the Mavs front court that can really deal with Davis's size. You know, and yeah, <clears throat> Perzingis is, is tall as him, but I mean, weight size, Anthony Davis can push him around and pay no problem. So I do like Davis in this position and like, as far as like I'm, I'm having a hard time to fade any of them. Like you know, I think I might do a couple lines where I have Davis and a couple lines where I do LeBron. Yeah, I think that's a smart approach, and I'm glad you mentioned it. You know, one of the reasons why I like LeBron a little bit more is just thinking about this showdown with Luca, and you know, he went berserk in that first time they played this year, and I have a feeling he might do it again, just to you know maybe try to one up Luca. And of course, LeBron is the one who has the ball in his hands. And so he can make that final decision of whether he wants to be a little bit more passive and set up AD and, and really try to, you know, allow him to have a strong game. Or if he kind of takes the bull by the horns and is a little bit more aggressive driving to the hole. Um, so I'm, I'm sort of predicting the latter that yeah. that LeBron will kind of go try to go toe to toe with Luca and maybe outdo him with uh, with another big triple double. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't. I don't blame you for thinking that because, yeah, I, I definitely agree that he is probably out there trying to, you know, one-up Luca. I just still I still like Davis in the position that he is in. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, yeah, I don't see I don't see Porzingis slowing him down too much. So um, wouldn't surprise me if, at all if he if he has another excellent game. So, all right, well let's let's get to the second slate here. This is the mid to late afternoon wave of games two games at five o'clock two games at six o'clock so we'll go through this second four game slate here and you know in general these games aren't as appealing to me you don't have any high total games you don't have a matchup like memphis and, and minnesota as you mentioned two teams that are top six in pace you've got totals that range from 206 to 228. So the second game we talk about has a decent total, but 
Let's start out with the Spurs and Pistons. And because most of this season I have been punting on the Spurs and allowing you and Apotria and everybody else to talk about them, I'll just jump ahead and start talking about the Spurs because there's actually some exciting news. I'm just going to say it, and the whole reason you want it tonight is because there's actually some good news on it. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I'm sure Mikey is going to feel great when he hears that. <laughs> That's just a little asterisk, a little, a little footnote. We don't, I mean, we don't really need to focus on that. Let's just focus on the fact that I'm going to take the Spurs. Patria, you, you heard it here first. I, I'm doing it. Um, so, And the reason I'm going to is because LaMarcus Aldridge is out. He has played all 20 games this year. This is the first game he's missed this year. So finally, some sort of clarity. I'm going to play DeRozan. He's only 7.3. I like him a lot in this matchup. The Pistons are 19th defensively. And... This is a the spread is is Pistons minus four right now, so hopefully it will stay close. And this game does have some potential for a high point total because you know as I mentioned, Pistons aren't very good in defense. Spurs are 25th in defense. You know they did look a lot better against the Clippers, but in any event, I like DeRozan. I like Rudy Gay to to soak up some of that usage with Lamarcus Aldridge out, and Gay is only 4.9. He didn't have a great outing last time in terms of scoring, but he did play 31 minutes. So I like him here. And then the other spur I'm interested in is Derek White, 4.6. Let's follow the news on him, make sure he's starting, and and hopefully we can count on 26 to 28 minutes or, or more. And we should have that news because it's the, the first game of the slate. It's the, it's the five Eastern tip-off in Detroit. So that's what I'm looking at on the Spurs side. What are your thoughts there? Yeah, I like your call on uh, Rudy Gay there. He did, yeah, the reason he got 31 minutes last time is because he got moved into the starting lineup over Jakob Podol. Um, the thing is, too, I still actually like Jakob Podol in this game at 4,300 just because with Eldridge being out, there's going to be more minutes to go around. Um, and then, yeah, as you said, the four guys you talked about, or the three guys you talked about, um, I like all those calls. Okay. Yeah, Pirtle is um, is worth considering. There's a lot of guys in this slate, actually, in that sort of low 4,000 range, a lot of these big guys. So, you know, that that could be a difference maker uh, in, in terms of cashing is is picking the right one. So Pirtle's been doing well lately. He's been getting a bunch of blocks and uh, certainly wouldn't surprise me to, if he had more minutes with with Aldridge out now over on the Pistons side they are the home team here they just lost at home 110 107 uh to Charlotte they're 6 and 13 disappointing record so far do you like anybody for the Pistons yeah in this slate uh there's not a ton of um you know big stars or anything and so the one guy who I was looking at on this side was uh Andre Drummond um I mean everybody's worried about uh, Blake Griffin coming back and eating into his usage. I mean, he has a bit, but not to the extent that I think people were thinking was going to happen. And I mean, I've been pretty unimpressed with what Blake Griffin's been doing so far, and I don't understand why his price tag went up this game. Because, um, yeah, I think this is the highest it's been all season almost. And I don't get where that's coming from, because I think the last game out, he only had 17 fantasy points. Um, and I mean, yeah, going back to Drummond, he's averaging... Uh, 
a 17 uh, point 17 or 17 boards so that's a massive double double um and since no lamarcus aldridge out there i feel like he can go in there and he can uh do what he wants in the paint yeah the, that's interesting the the front court there because as you mentioned there aren't any players on this entire slate here in the five o'clock and six o'clock games over 10,000 Drummond is the highest at 9,400. He should have an easier time with San Antonio's front court. And with Blake, I think you meant 17, he had 17 real life points last game out, but still only 28 fantasy points. And he was at 7.5. So you're right. A little bit surprising that he's back up to 8k. Uh, and sorry is that, that is that our Cana- is that our canadian mascot yeah that is yep that's donut donut yeah <laughs> just uh warning us that there's people outside the door right now all right <laughs> I, I love that name um yeah but by the way i don't know if i got to mention that porzingis did you notice that porzingis against phoenix did not make a field goal he had two points with an ofer he had a donut in the field goal department. So really, I know I didn't uh, notice that. I mean, I don't think it was as big of a deal as, uh, as, uh, Embiid's Embiid, game was. Yeah. Right. But yeah, a little bit of a, a little bit of a theme here in these last few days, the donut for those guys. But, um, anyway, back to the Pistons. Um, yeah, in general, I'm not on this slate. I'm not going to have much exposure to either of those guys. Um, I have a little bit of interest in, in canard he's 5.9 i kind of like him um on this slate as a guy that you can fit in to fill out your lineup and derrick rose worth considering at 5.4 but um i probably won't go there much yeah no i wasn't looking too much at uh anybody else on the detroit side just because yeah they've just been a little underwhelming this year so far yes they have and in that in that 5K range, there's somebody I like in the next game a lot more. So let's let's get to that one. It is the highest total on this four-game slate. The Thunder are traveling to New Orleans to play the Pelicans. These teams just played on Friday night. Oklahoma City won that one, 109-104. So now they go with the home-and-home home over in New Orleans. And the Pelicans are favored by this one by two, total of 228.5. Lots of news here on the Pelican side. Kenrich Williams is doubtful. Lonzo Ball is questionable, so we might get him back in the lineup. Derek Favors is questionable with a personal issue, so he could come back and line up and really mix things up and make this a, a different matchup than we saw on Friday night. So with all of those moving parts, who do you like on the Pelican side? So, yeah, on the Pelican side, <clears throat> I'm looking at Josh Hart if Ball and Kenrich Jones are both ruled out here. Um, you know, as uh, Mike would say, I think there's a lot of juice left on that bone at 4,800. <laughs> um, I mean, he has struggled since coming back from his knee injury, but, I mean, before that injury happened, he was, uh, you know, putting up some pretty nice games there, and I'm hoping that this is a game where he can find his stride. The one other guy that I'm looking at that I like a lot has been J.J. Redick um, <clears throat> at 5,300. I mean... He's been a very consistent contributor since moving into the starting lineup, and uh, he's just been getting pretty big minutes there. I think he's been getting around 35 minutes a game, and he's been doing well with those. Um, besides that, I mean, I was kind of looking at the two big guys here, you know, uh, Drew and Ingram, and I was kind of waffling between the two of them. 
just because, I mean, if they're the same price, I'd probably just go to Brandon Ingram, no problem. But with Drew being uh, 1,100 less there, I mean, he can put up just as many fantasy points as Ingram can on a given night. It's just that he's been doing it at a little bit less consistent rate. But I think, I, I don't know, I'm thinking I'm, I might be going to uh, Drew here on that one. I think you have a different take on that, though, so I'll let you fly on that. I, I do. I, I just I just have a feeling that Lonzo will be back. I just I just feel like it's just it's going to be a, a mess. Everybody's going to come back, and then the only guy I'm going to want to play is Ingram because I just feel like if Lonzo's back in the mix and you know Hart's back in, and you've got Redick, you've got all these guys splitting up the minutes and the usage on the wing. You know, Ingram is is that one go-to guy on offense who is going to take more shots than Drew Holiday on a on a nightly basis. So I, I'm willing to pay up for Ingram here. I, I like him as the uh, most attractive high-priced option on this four-game slate. You know, he did well against the Thunder. I, I don't think they match up very well against him defensively. So he's the yeah. guy I'm, I'm most, most interested there. I'm not going to play Lonzo or Hart if Lonzo's back. And I know you were talking about if yeah, Lonzo is out. Say- all yeah. news dependent for right. a lot right. of those. Yes, guards. yeah. So I think we're aligned there. I just I just have a feeling he'll come back because it you know why why make it easy on us? So <laughs> and, and same thing with the big guys. I mean, if Favors comes back, then I probably oh, don't want any of those guys. Um, but without Favors, you know, Hayes did fairly well in this matchup. He's 4.4. Okafor played well also at 4.6. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna consider both of them. But there's a little bit more clarity for the Thunder for me on that side of the ball. I'm interested really in just two guys. Adams at 5.8. He was he's getting stronger, looking more athletic, more spry. Played well against this team um, on Friday night with with Jackson Hayes in the starting lineup. So that's who Adams was playing against primarily. And then Schroeder off the bench. I talked about it recently. His usage compared to the wings who start is is much stronger, much higher. And a good example of it was in this game on Friday night where Shea Gilgis-Alexander and Chris Paul combined to take 22 shots and they played 62 minutes, whereas Schroeder only played 32 minutes, and he took more shots than them. He took 24 shots, you know, and and, and looked excellent, 25, 2, and 7. So I like him yeah. here. He's, he's only 5.7. He outplayed both of them. Yeah. With <laughs> with all of that, with all those numbers and his usage, I, I don't understand why he's only 5.7. And – you know, the other thing with the eye test in that game for me is, you know, we, we've talked about how Shea's price is, is has been going down and down and is more and more attractive at 6.6. But he was just sort of just out there on the wing, not really that heavily involved in the offense. Mm-hmm. And you know, I just didn't I don't like the split usage between Chris Paul and Shea. So that's why I'm all about Schroeder. Yeah, I say uh, uh, <coughs> Shai's uh points and his rebounds have been trending down since the start of the season. They've yeah, just been dropping, dropping, just, dropping. 
But I'm thinking yeah. that I think the boards is also to do with, like you said, I was saying too, yeah, that Steven Adams has just been looking more like his old self there, even though, you know, his minutes isn't back up to a full allotment there. He's just looking more healthy. So what do you think about Schroeder and Adams? I, I like those calls for sure. Um, Cause yeah, I didn't have much interest. The only guy who I had written down was Steven Adams. Um, and the only note I had maybe is that if Derek favors comes back, I think he might give Adams a bit more difficulty than uh, what uh, Jackson Hayes or Jalil Oakford had given him. Yeah, you would think so. Favors certainly the vast increase in experience. So Stephen, I think he's a little bigger, isn't he? Too just mass wise. Yeah, mass wise compared to Hayes. You know, yeah. Hayes definitely needs to put on some weight. So that that is something to consider. I'd be a little bit less enthusiastic about Adams, and and of course you've got Noel too. And you can get the price savings there and get down to 4.5. He's been playing well and, and getting almost 24 minutes. So he's he's worth considering also. Yeah. All right, let's go to the third game here on the afternoon-evening slate. And it is a matchup of two teams that are struggling also. That's sort of the theme of this slate, by the way. Um, I don't – until we get to the last game. So this is uh, Golden State, course, 4-16, and 16, traveling to Orlando against the 7-11 and 11 Magic. And we have a low total here. This is just not very attractive at 206.5. Magic are favored by 9. Do you like anybody here for the Magic? They are facing the Warriors in their 29th-ranked defense. Yep. On the Orlando side, I do have one guy that I've been – using the last few games and it always seems to be a low ownage rate. I'm not exactly sure why that is. I mean, it's not like his price is extremely high or anything and he's been producing fairly consistently over the last, uh, I'm trying to think how many games it was since pretty much the start of November here. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, Evan Fournier and, uh, you know, <clears throat> he's been putting up, you know, anywhere between, I think, let's have a look here. I'm putting up pretty much anywhere between 30 to 40 fantasy points. And with um, Vooch out still, there's still a lot of uh, usage to go around. Um, and at 6,400, I like his price. Um, besides him, I mean, if Aaron Gordon has, had been back for a few more games, I'd be interested in him at 6,000. But since he's only been back for one game, I'm still kind of a little bit concerned about his uh, ankle issue he had. Um, but yeah, besides that, um, Jonathan Isaacs has been a little, I mean, he's had, a, he's had, okay. Now he's had one, a couple of good games, but then they've been followed by a, a few just mediocre games and I'm not too interested in Adam at the 7,000 mark there. Um, what about you? Anybody on the magic that you've been looking at? Yeah. Fournier is the one guy I also have circled. So he's the guy I'm definitely going to have in probably the majority of my lineups here. Took down a couple stats on him. He's taken at least 15 shots in four of the last five games. And in the other one, he got to the line and made 12 of 14 free throws. So you're right. With Without Vucevic in, in recent recent games here, he's been, he's been aggressive and certainly worth it at that price tag. And the other guys are just, you know, turn, tournament plays for me. Isaac, certainly at 7.0, he could be – a monster here against this terrible golden state defense. So 
I, I do like him. I also like Gordon at 6.0. Maybe this is where we jump ahead of the curve here. And last time out, he only shot two of 11. So maybe, you know, he, so his form wasn't great, but he's, he's getting the minutes. He's, he's back in the lineup. And we know that he can pay off 6.0 pretty easily. So Yes, he can. Yeah, so, so that's the decision we have to make here is do we try and jump the gun here or do we wait and see a, a, a real strong game out of him? Of course, if he get that, then we're not going to get 6.0 next time around. So something to think about. I'd and then, say comfortable GPP play, not so comfortable cash game play. Yes, I'm with you there. Uh, and then Birch at 4.7. Uh, he's in that group that I was referencing here of all these bigs in that four in the 4K range, you know, starting way back with Pirtle and Hayes, Okafor. Um, and so if you make a few lineups, you may want to get him into one because um, I think that's a fair price for him getting more than 24 minutes. Over on the Golden State side, they are they are a squad on this slate where – you know, again, they have some price, uh, uh, attractive prices in the 5K range. Draymond Green is only 5.5, and you know maybe he's he fits into that category for you as well in terms of you know perfectly fine for a tournament, but maybe not where you want to go in the cash game because he only played 19 minutes last time out. So if he if he plays a normal allotment of minutes, I love Draymond here at 5.5. And Pascal's 5.4, a um, little bit of a down game last time. Maybe we get a bounce back here. I, I like him. And Bowman is 5.3. We've seen his upside recently, so uh, I like that price tag as well. And uh, by the way, on, on Bowman, I, I read a um, really good article on him in The Athletic uh, the, these last couple of days about his draft process and um, how he – impress the Warriors with his one-on-one interview. Um, so that's worth a read if you're, if you're curious about his background. Um, but um, he, you know, he's really taken advantage of his minutes here and I like him. So, so for me, those are the three guys I like the most on Golden State, but you know, there may be others that you like. I know Burks is in that 5k range as well. Who do you like for the Golden State? Yeah, like I was telling you earlier on this team, it's like you're pretty much just, uh, if you're playing in match GPP lineups, you know, you're pretty much just taking one, plugging them in, next line, another one, another one. You're just kind of picking and choosing for each lineup because on every any given night, one can hit or one can, you know, throw up a dud. Um, but like you said, I love Draymond Green too at 5,500 if he gets a full allotment of minutes because if he gets a full allotment of minutes, we know that he can put up a triple-double. Um, yeah, I mean, like I said, they can all go off and hit value, but then they can all perform terribly and give you nothing. Yeah. And, and what, you know, what they're coming off of is just a, a dud of a game in Miami on what was it Friday night? So they've spent the, they spent the weekend in Florida. Let's see how they rebound after that dud on Friday night where they lost by 17 Nobody got huge minutes. And so Draymond for me is a guy who, you know, he's not going to, he's not the type that's just okay with that. You know, he's going to come back with a vengeance. So, so I certainly like him at 5.5. And we have one more game on this four game slate in the evening. And it's a battle of strong defenses. 
it's going to be up in Canada, um, quite a ways from Miles, because Miles yep. is on the west side. Um, it'll be in Toronto. It is Utah and their fifth-ranked defense traveling to face the first-ranked Raptors defense. And I'm going to let you start with the Jazz. Yeah, on the like Jazz side, I like uh, Mike Conley at 5,800. I know he's been underperforming, you know, the last few games here, but, you know, I think that might give us him at a low ownage rate. And, you know, we all know he's capable of putting up those 40-point uh, uh, fantasy games. So he's one of the guys I'm looking at. I like him at the price range. He'll be going into a couple of my lineups. Um, the one other guy I have as a GPP flyer here, priced at 4100 is is uh, Joe Ingles. Because, I mean, he has been vastly, you know, underperforming this entire year. He's been very volatile. Um, but, you know, at 4100 if he goes out and puts up one of his uh, 30 uh, fantasy point games, you definitely hit value there. Um, and then the one other guy I've been kind of looking at here was uh, Donovan Mitchell. Because, you know, he's one of those guys who can go and give you a, a great night. But, I mean, like you said, uh, this is a very uh, defensive-oriented uh, game here for two of these teams. But uh, like we had mentioned earlier, there's not a ton of uh, big stars on this slate. So he's one of those guys who can give you, uh, you know, the big star numbers at, uh, I think he's at 7,900, is he? Uh, Mitchell? Yeah, where is he? Or 8,200. 8.2, yeah. Yes. So at that price, he's one of the guys I'd look at. Okay. Um, man, Apatry is going to love you for your... Um, your love on Conley there. Uh, I, I'm going to fade Conley just because I like Schroeder at 5.7. So that's the that's the decision I'm going to make on this slate. And the guy I'm most interested in with Utah is actually Bojan Bogdanovic. He's at 6.8. And three of the last four games, he's at over 40 fantasy points. And I'm not quite sure why he doesn't get priced up more. But I've- yeah, I was looking at Boyan as well, but yeah, he's just, I think the reason he doesn't get priced up is because I think everybody knows that, yes, he can put up those big numbers, but then he can also come back down to earth and not have that great of a game. You know, he's just, he's one of those guys. Yeah, he is. Um, but um, just love that stroke. And, um, you know, on this, you know, short slate, um, he's the one that jumps out to me the most. And, you know, on Ingles, I, I got to say, the 4.1 is just is just crazy low, and he, he did play terribly last they're, time out. It's, it's amazing. They're, they're pretty much just daring you to put him in the lineup, though. They are. They are. I mean, 26 minutes last time out, he only had 7.25 fantasy points. It's just crazy what, what yeah. the, the problem he's having this season. But the two games before that, he was over 25 fantasy points. Exactly. So at 4.1, that's a 6x return right there. So I certainly understand why you're interested in him. You know, Royce O'Neal, uh, by the same token, is 4.2. So um, I, he's worth considering as well um, as, a, as a value play. Uh, over on Toronto's side, um, you know, I don't have too much money left to spend here most of my lineups because I've gone with Ingram and DeRozan. So Siakam at 8.7, you know, probably going to be odd man out for me in in a lot of these lineups. Um, Yeah, I didn't didn't really have a ton of interest in Siakam just because 
you've got uh, the Stifle Tower on the other side there as well, eating up a lot of boards and, you know, just getting in the way. Yeah, really getting in the way of everything. But, um, so, yeah, 8.7, it probably won't have too much Siakam. Um, yeah, the other, that, you know, I'd, I'd rather go Gobert over Siakam, I think, in that with that price okay. range. But I'm not that, yeah. I didn't really, he wasn't the guy that was jumping out at me or anything, but I would rather go Gobert over Siakam. Yeah, and of course, Gobert has to deal with Gasol, and Gasol yeah. is the one who, in large part, got that donut for Embiid. So, yeah. that, I mean, that's the thing with these two top five defenses. It's just tough matchups all over the court. So mm-hmm. where do you find any headway? Um, the, the other news here for Toronto is that Lowry is doubtful, so he's going to be back soon. If he comes back, then... Um, we can expect Powell's usage to to reduce drastically. So um, I'm probably not going to chase the points with Powell at 5.3. He was excellent last time out, but he shot the lights out and didn't do much else besides the scoring. Uh, I think, you know, if if Lowry does come back, Powell goes to the bench. OG Ananobi at 4.9. That's a nice price tag. I like him. And Fred Van Vliet, of course, 7.4, seven steals last time out. Uh, he's just been excellent. So yeah, uh, I was gonna say I, I, I like, like I like I like Freddie, and like you were saying on that note too, is with uh, Lowry coming back in, that could you know eat into some of uh, Fleet's usage and stuff. So this might be one of the last games we get to ride that train. Yeah, and fi- final piece of news there: Ibaka questionable. So keep an eye on that. If he comes back, Boucher is less and less attractive. But uh, all right, so there's our second four-game slate. And we've got one more, the late-night hammer, Miles, on Sunday. It's all by itself. It's a, a showdown slate at 10.30 Eastern. So you can take your winnings from earlier in the day and reinvest in this matchup at the Staples Center. It's the Wizards. And their 30th ranked defense playing the Clippers. Uh, 11s are wild for the Clippers. They are 11th in pace, 11th in offensive efficiency, and they have a, the 11th best best defense. So uh, that's that's an easy one to remember. Um, I like these lucky numbers that you've been doing. For this, <laughs> yeah, sevens and elevens actually. Yep. By the way, yeah, that's uh, those are the lucky numbers. For craps and Micah Patry, as we speak, is playing roulette right now, and he's investing coaches' money on 30 and 33. So hopefully threes are wild for Mike tonight, because uh, we are we are recording this on Saturday night, and then sevens and elevens are are wild for us tomorrow with Dinwiddie and the Clippers. Um, so on the Clippers side, Miles, in this showdown slate, uh, what do you think about the pricing options there? Yeah, I took a look at this, and I think you, you and me are kind of on different, uh, different sides here. You're looking at more Bradley Beal, but I just, uh, I'm worried about him just going against this defense, um, and I'm, I'm much more comfortable playing Kawhi Leonard than I am many of the other big stars here over uh, Beal and George, just because he's been so consistent throughout the year when he's been playing. Um, I mean, that's another thing. I guess we better watch to make sure that no. Uh, Tags come up on him saying that he's questionable or being ruled out. Um, but yeah, if he's not being ruled out, I like, I'm probably going to be putting, I'm going to be stacking Kawhi and George together. 
And in the lineup I think I built here, I had Paul George, um, Kawhi Leonard, Thomas Bryant, and then I had Patrick Beverly in the captain spot. And I had um, Ish Smith, I think, as my last um, utility spot, I believe. Okay. That's kind of how I went about building that. Um, I, that's the one thing, too, is like with the big stars there, I'm just not sure any of them are going to be worth throwing in the captain spot or not. Because like, for me, I want them hitting you know around that 60 mark, I think, if I'm throwing in them that captain spot. Um, yeah, well, in a perfect world, we just we'd want all our captains to score yeah, sixty. Wouldn't yeah. we? That, that would be ideal. Well, I guess that's not even really sixty. It's it's sixty times one point five, I guess. So what is right? Then you like, get ninety. Yeah. So exactly. So you know, that's what you're hoping for, but I just don't know if any of those guys are going to hit it right now or not. So that's why, yeah, you'd kind of taught me into that idea of Patrick Beverly because yeah, he is one of those guys that's lower priced and can definitely uh, pop off for a decent amount of points. Yeah, I had some success earlier in the season with Beverly as the captain, and he he does have some volatility, so he can he can certainly ruin your lineup as a captain, but he can also shoot you up to the top of the leaderboard. So he's worth considering if we want to get you know two out of the three of of Kawhi, Paul George, Beal, and so yeah, that's the question here. What do we do with Kawhi and Paul George? So you're going to play them both, which. I think is a fine approach. I am planning to fade them both, actually. Um, as you mentioned, Kawhi's been more consistent lately. We can rely on him getting the 40 fantasy points. Paul George has not been consistent, uh, has been underperforming here, and their price tags are 10.8 to 10.2, respectively. So I like Beal here. If I'm going to make five lineups here, I think I'm going to fade those guys in three of them. Uh, maybe, maybe I'll play Kawhi twice out of my five lineups, Paul George once, but I'm going to, I'm going to fade them and load up on these mid, mid priced Clippers, uh, you know, Lou Williams and, and Harrell, uh, love stacking those guys and they're, they're much better price tags and we get much more balanced lineup if we go with that, with that route. And so, I'll go with Lou Williams. I'll go Harrell. And then I'm going to pair Beal and Bryant together again. And I watched them on Friday night, and I had them in a couple lineups, and it was so aggravating because they were playing a lot of two-man ball together, and it was just one thing after another. You know, Bryant would feed it to Beal for three and go in and out. Beal fed it to Bryant for like a, a dunk, and it was, you know, he got fouled and the ball just rimmed out, and it was just, one thing after another, where instead of getting like a, a five-point fantasy play where you get the assist and the three, you get like a you know a missed shot, or then instead of an and one with the assist, you get a missed shot and you make one free throw. And so I, I'm just hoping these guys bounce back. And um, things just are starting to go more fall their way. Yeah, the shots are yeah. going in instead of rimming out. Yeah, and I like I like that the usage in general is a, a little bit more concentrated for for those guys than it will be for Kawhi, Paul George, all of them, if they all play. Um, so we'll monitor the news there. The other news is that Landry Shamit is questionable. So he might come out of nowhere, and he's only uh, he's only 1,000. That's his price tag. So, you know, I always like to look at the cheap guys here and, and who I might play to get 
um, you know, as many stars in as we can here on the showdown slate. So I like him at a thousand if he's going to play. The other guy you could look at is Isaac Bonga. He's only a thousand. He got some run here lately with with uh, CJ Miles out. Um, but you know, you and I have also talked a little bit here about McCray. We both like him. Yep. He's up to five point six on this slate. You know, the prices are different in a showdown. Four out of the last five games, he scored between 23 and 33 fantasy points. So he's almost like a a cash game play in your showdown lineup, which is fine. I mean, you can. It's certainly good to have guys like that that are sort of in the middle tier of pricing, and you can kind of count on them giving you a solid output. And he's been getting big minutes. Yes, he has been. Yeah, him and him and Ish Smith are two on that side that I would kind of like to look at too. Yeah, Ish Smith only 4.4. Rui is 5.2. A lot of options in this game. It's an it's an exciting showdown slate, and so many ways you can go about it. Like like you mentioned, if if you want to stack Kawhi and Paul George, uh, I might fade them. And and then there's always the 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 key question here of who do we salute? who, Who do we select as our captain? Yeah, yeah, that's the big one because it's just yeah, it's, there's a, there's a lot of different ways. Like even though you, it's just two teams, there's a, it's amazing how many different lineups you can throw in there, right? Absolutely. All right, well, hey, um, it's going to be a fun Sunday. We've got nine games. Uh, we hope everyone enjoyed the show. Uh, Miles, any final thoughts here on on these games as we head into uh, this this big Sunday? Uh, you know, not a time, but I was just gonna. I was just wondering. I mean, how many other Sundays are gonna be this big throughout the year? Seriously, I don't know if there will be many like this. I mean, it's really only the two of us that could handle such a slate on a Sunday. We know, <laughs> we know, Coach and Apatria just have no energy left from the week. They oh, yeah. are spent. They did massive slates by themselves. There, they did a fourteen and a thirteen by themselves, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing you mentioned. I mean, you talk about a player with volatility. The slates this week have had major volatility. It's either zero to two or like eleven to fourteen. Yep, it's been pretty crazy. But I guess so, that's what happens when you have the big holiday in the middle of the week, right? That's exactly what happens. So, all right. Well, we thank you all for joining us on this nine-game slate. Uh, as we mentioned, hopefully we're going to light up the scoreboard with our teams and uh, let us know if you if you if you hit a big one. Um, Send us the details on Twitter. Send them to Miles at M-Y-L-E-S 6565. Uh, You can find me at Language Olympic and share that news with the rest of the team also. Coach is J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. Mike is M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. And that is the crew. So without further ado, thank you for joining us on this Sunday. Make sure to join us throughout the week on Hoopball NBA DFS Today. Have a good night, guys, and good luck tomorrow. This has been a Hoopball presentation.